G'day, how you going? Well, we're getting towards the very end of your 30 days and congratulations for getting this far. Let's go through a few of the things that you have experienced, uh, worked through and come to realize. The first and most important, I think, is that there are universal laws and there are human laws. We understand both. We respect both. Human laws are all built out of fear. When we have a fear of something, we build a human law to try and alleviate that fear. That's why religions exist. That's why um, morals and ethics exist. That's why um, the laws of the state exist, to alleviate fear. So you can build your life on fear uh, and overcoming those fears. And that's very understandable. Uh, you can go to work and fear being fired. You can fear being um, ostracized. You can fear making mistakes. You can fear things and work really hard to prevent that. And I can completely understand people operating in the bottom of our pyramid, the consciousness cone we've called it, to avoid what they fear. In order to operate in life at a higher place than what we fear, we have to set ourselves up with what I call uh, things in the bank. We set up with relationship in the bank, social life in the bank, money in the bank, career in the bank, health in the bank, uh, uh, mental uh, knowledge in the bank, and relationship in the bank. We set up all seven areas of life in the bank. And by doing that, we overcome the got to, the shoulds, the need tos, the want tos of life, and we rise into operating from motivation, motivation into a level of what's called inspiration. Now, what's the difference? Well, I think hard work is one, um, that if we're stressed at work, if we're in, in a state of anxiety, we need to go and look at what's triggering that. And what have we learned in the 30 days? We've learned that we operate from the lowest of the seven areas of life. So if a person, as an example, comes to work and they're coming to work to pay the rent, that's all, and they haven't got any spare money, nothing in the bank financially, <clears throat> and they try to operate and they tell you how spiritual they are because they've done a yoga retreat this weekend or they're meditating every day, there's a contradiction because if you're in a financial got-to place and a spiritual love-to place, you come to work in a got-to place. So the mistake people make and the reason why people stay in rather stressed states of life is they don't look at themselves as a total human being. They petition themselves off and say, I'm a spiritual pe person going to work. That's just not authentic. That's not real. What is real is we go to work and we have to pay the rent and we do got to be healthy and we do got to have love in our lives and we've got, there are got to's in life. Well, we don't want to operate from those levels. We want to operate from a more conscious place in the world where we're not living out of fear, we're living out of inspiration. To live out of inspiration is a really interesting shift. Most people do what they do, are motivated in life because of some level of suffering. They're suffering 
with not liking their job. They're suffering with um, the family. They're suffering with some social problems. They're suffering financially because they're, the gap between what they've got and what they want is too big. And that suffering triggers us to, to act. And that's called motivation because the act promises relief of suffering. Therefore, to get past motivation and into a state of inspiration in relationship, which in other words, live in the top three layers of the consciousness cone, which is leadership, one must not be motivated by the alleviation of their own suffering. One must get past their own suffering. And the way to do that is A, by realistically in the real world, making sure on a seven days a week basis that you, that you evolve. And we've covered the basis of evolution on a daily basis with the power hour. What is that? Step one, you do a discard on anything that's, that you're judging in yourself and others and make sure you come out of that flatlined. No judge, so you move through judgment on a daily basis. The second one is you do something on a cardiovascular level, on a cellular level in, in your body to make sure that your body is dis, 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 discarding uh, its toxin, it's discarding its emotion, because remember the body thinks it's got emotion in it, and it's discarding um, the waste from living, which are the exhaust fumes, as you, if you would like to call it that, called acids, which come from stress and worry and, and tension at work. Now, we're not trying to avoid stress and worry and tension, and we'll get onto that in a little minute. The third step is to make sure your environment reflects where you want to go, not where you want to be. Too much of our lives is spent just managing and overcoming the challenges of everyday life with our environment. But our environment really needs to reflect where we want to go. And to know where we want to go, we need to know our fourth step, which is our values, our priorities on a daily basis. People who don't know their priorities, who haven't worked out the number one uh, measure of their performance at work and aren't focusing on that, will have what's called overwhelm. So many things to do, they'll start multitasking, which means they don't do service to anything. They're mowing the lawn, listening to a podcast, scratching their ass, putting the washing out, and looking after the kids all at once. And nothing gets fed properly. Your children don't want time. There's a big mistake. What they want is focus, where you turn up without judgment, without criticism, and you connect. That's what they want, because that's what they call love. And so when we multitask and we say, I really love my kids and I'm multitasking while I do it, nobody feels like they're being served. And multitasking, as you well know by now, includes worrying at the same time as caring, worrying at the same time as cooking, stressing about tomorrow at the same time as serving the dinner, worrying about where the kids are going to end up at which school they're going to go or whether the renovation's going to be finished on time while you do the dishes. And so being aware of your values means that you can prioritize your values on a daily basis, link it or sink it, we've called it, and that you can operate and you can remind yourself on daily, what's my highest, what's my second, what's my third, what's my fourth? And if you satisfy your highest 
value on a daily basis, you will grow in self-worth. But if you work really, really hard and really, 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 really spend a lot of time working on your lowest value, even though you may make money or you may make something out of that, you will feel bad about yourself and therefore go into the mode of self-sabotage. Now, you see a lot of people working on their lowest value because they should or they shouldn't be doing something. And really, we need to be, again, uh, you've learnt in the 30 days, to watch your language. Because the lowest level of the consciousness current is, I've got to do this. I've got to do the dishes. I've got to get dinner done. I've got to get the kids to school. I've got to get this project finished. I've got to, or have to, same word, get on the bus. And there's a person who is triggering aging, triggering self-deprecation, triggering all sorts of pharmaceutical changes in their physiology, just getting on a bus to go to work or just getting on the train, or just getting on a plane. So cutting yourself a little bit of rope, putting some time and energy and value in the bank means you don't operate from got to. You listen also to your shoulds. And that doesn't mean you, you operate without, moral, without a moral compass. What it says is you operate from your moral compass, but that's not the motivator for you of what you're going to do today, tomorrow, the next day. The need tos and the want tos are where most people in the world are trapped in a loop. I want this and I need that. I want this and I need that. I want this and I need that. And that loop gets us to about 30 years old and then it becomes a little monotonous because it's never ending. We evolve up into desire to, choose to and love to. And these are the words that we need to be saying constantly out of our lips, across our emails, throughout the work we do, um, uh, I love doing this, I'd love to meet you, uh, I choose to be here, I choose to be there. You need to be saying it to yourself in your self-talk and externally to others. So we get down to um, the, the idea of evolving, which I think is basically what life's all about. And I hope that's been really clear, that by going through the daily power hour, going through the value set, reminding yourself of what your five-year plan is, reminding yourself of self-talk. Remember the three levels of self-talk? It's, it's such a long time ago in the 30 days you may have forgotten. The three levels of self-talk, a parent, adult, child. Uh, motivation, uh, operation, and reward. Operation is more instructional. So we say motivation is the parent, the adult is instructional, very clear, very instructional, and the child is reward. So they're the three levels of self-talk we need to apply to ourselves. Remember, that talk is the single greatest impact on the results of your life. We evolve into incompetence. And one of the most important things I hope you've taken away from these 30 days is that when things go wrong or when you do something stupid or when you operate in a way that gets criticized by somebody else, that's evidence that you're evolving. And what we use is the rings of a tree, and, and we've gone through this through the 30 days, to demonstrate that a tree grows, puts bark on the outside and goes, oh, thank God for that. That feels comfortable. Next thing you know, when the tree is ready, the bark drops off and the tree goes, oh shit, I'm, I'm naked and it evolves, it has to grow out. And the outer rings of the tree 
the cell structure of the wood is very different to the core structure of the wood. The core structure of you are the four things that we call your four strengths or your four greatest priorities or your four power uh, words. Uh, uh, Many of you have gone through these with me and we've come up with your four words. They are your, what I would call in business, competitive advantage in life. And to know your competitive advantage in life is pretty important because remember, life is a competition. We've moved on through all this into the concept of lucky fucker, FKR. I believe success does not breed success. I think gratitude is a bit of a setup. It's a feel-good thing. I believe positive thinking causes, causes mental health problems. I believe good, uh, nice people come last. What I do believe is the, the, the capacity to think that we are blessed, that we are lucky in our lives, causes success. I think thinking, knowing that we're lucky to have the events in our life is the cause of gratitude. I think positive thinking, what people are trying to say is, I feel blessed, I feel lucky. Now, we know there's two sides to everything, positive and negative, and the unwise person in the motivational area of life will say, I want to think positive without negative. But the wise person in the top end of the consciousness cone says, I know there's positive, I know there's negative, but I'm going to focus on the positive. Therefore, I feel lucky. Now, I know it trivializes spirituality by saying to feel blessed or to feel lucky, but I can't think of a better way to express it after 45 years traveling around the world, meeting the most sacred of gurus on the planet. Those people if they were to summarize all the thousands of words they use to express what they've defined as their teachings, they would say, you feel blessed, you feel lucky. Lucky to be in a divorce, lucky to be in a job hunt, lucky to be in an interview, lucky to be standing in front of an audience, lucky to be listening to a podcast, lucky to have your foot um, gone bung or something, lucky to have something go wrong is a is the only way to approach it that heals it. Now, nobody's saying we want problems or we want disasters or we want challenges. But when we operate in the lower end of the consciousness cone and we operate on other people's priorities, which is what most people do, they ask their partner, what are your priorities? And, we, and they try to live those priorities. Or they ask their mum and dad, what are your priorities? And they try and live those to get the impression. Or they say, I'm going to do the opposite as a parent, as a person to what my mum and dad did, and they make those their priorities. These people attract calamities, disasters, and humbling circumstances because guess what? When you live somebody else's priorities, either by reaction or deliberate choice, you attract calamities, disasters, and humbling circumstances to make you, you. And this is a really important thing to be aware of. That when we feel sorry for someone and we want to rescue them from their self-imposed challenges and their, the, 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 the dark forces of their life, when, when we see someone going through that and we want to rescue them, we must remember that rescue breeds resentment because sometimes the pain they're in 
is teaching them how to rearrange their priorities. And I know many people who've gone through life-threatening illness and come out and bounced right back to repeat the same damn stuff they were doing that caused them to get into hospital in the first place. Remember that a, a hospital bed is the most expensive seminar on earth. And we don't have to go there. If we follow and do what nature intended, we get what nature intended. So I think the story uh, that we're telling here is self-talk. That you've, I've shared with you over these 30 days a story. I have the ability to see the universe as this astonishing place that functions in the star world as it does in the human world. When people get up themselves and get bigger than who they are, the world comes down on them. When people get down on themselves, people pull them up. And so there's this strange mathematics that goes on between people. But the bottom line of it is about this value set, that if we work on our highest priorities and we respect the need for other people to have different priorities and we try to work out how can I help others have their priorities, which gives me my priorities, we operate in a very, very healthy place that doesn't have to attract shit to get us back on track. I think having a plan five years out means making decisions along the way becomes very simple. Instead of random decisions, instead of making a decision, which job should I take, what plan, where should I go, we say, I have a plan. And this, I can see how this decision I'm about to make fits in the plan. But if we don't have a plan five years out, what we do is we say, I'm going to make this decision on what feels good. And nothing is more inaccurate. Nothing is more inaccurate because what feels good is a mix of intuition, instinct, emotion, memory, inspiration, and, and other people's voices and our own voice. We say that when we're in the top of the consciousness cone, the inner voice speaks louder than the outer voices. That's The outer voices are the opinions of others, our own emotions, our memories, our fears, our guilts, our complexes, all these things still sit there in the melting pot, but we hear the inner voice louder than the outer voices, and that makes us a unique leader. We've done what we've called a VIP score in the process of your 30 days. Your VIP score means you've gone around the seven areas of life and you've measured yourself. How, what's my score out of 10 in each of the seven areas of life? Now, what it's important to realize is, yes, you make a plan five years out. The plan is to fill the gap between where you are and, and, and what you want. But when you get what you want, a miracle happens. And the miracle is the circle gets bigger. That means for every goal you achieve, every time you hit 10 out of 10, a new 10 out of 10 becomes there and your score goes back into less than 10 out of 10. Now, if we look at the VIP score as the outer voices, what do I want? There is another way to look at your VIP score and you say, nothing's ever missing, it just changes in form, therefore I've got everything I want. And now we've got a duality which is quite fascinating. We have the inner voice, inner wealth, saying I'm 10 out of 10, I'm content, I'm happy, I'm great. And we have the outer voice saying, this is what I want. So the inside voice says, I need nothing, I want nothing, I have everything. And you need to remember this inner voice because this inner voice is the one that's missing when you're stressed 
or upset or crying or hurt or, or suffering or worried or full of anxiety or confused or struggling with your priorities. This inner voice is where you go now. This is called home. Home ground advantage is the inner voice. When home ground advantage feels comfortable and you feel strong, which should be on a daily basis for all of us, then you can re-engage with the outer voice saying, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And you re-engage because that gives you a process for everyday life. What do I do today? What are my priorities today? How do I organize this today? How do I step forward today? How do I get, how do I materialize what I want to create for my family, for myself, for others, for the work? And how do I engage my emotions in some level of controlled growth? How do I put order in the chaos, in other words? We've talked also throughout the process of the 30 days about the ability to coach others. I think that a person who's in a got to has to have a should coach. A person who's in a should needs a, needs a, 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 a need to, and a person in a need to needs a, a desire to. And so as a coach, we need to be one step ahead, just one step ahead of the person we're helping. And so returning every day to your home ground advantage is not returning to your house or your relationship or some codependency. It's returning to you. It's returning to your inner voice. And the way to do that, we've gone through it, is the back on track process. It's not just meditating. It's not just a discard form. It's exercise, discard, an eating program that really makes you healthy. It's priorities every day, working out what's my values, what's my priorities today, am I working on my top priorities? It's what's my plan for the next five years, reminding yourself, what's my self-talk? Do I have parent, adult, child in it? And, and what's the result of all that? Am I measuring results? Or am I living in delusional fantasy land? And so what starts to happen is we develop a, a, a friendship with both the inner voice, the stillness and the strength and the power and the leadership that comes from the inner voice being louder than the outer voices. We develop a friendship with that inner voice, but we also respect and value and in some ways treasure the free will that was blessed on us uh, at, at, as we came on this planet to manifest and create and to learn to be the same creator as whatever created this planet. So in the manifestation process, which is what you're going to do over the last two days of this 30-day challenge, you're going to learn the process of manifestation of an earth from a thought. And we're going to show you in these last two days how you can replicate the process of manifestation in your own life and manifest anything you want by centralizing the forces in your body, by having a a vision, having a purpose, having some sense of ordered control of your priorities, bringing it all together, having a sense of in the bank, operating in the highest level of gratitude and lucky fucker in the consciousness cone. And we will take you through over the next 48 hours, the process of how did earth get created? 
how can you replicate that in your own life and therefore live in harmony with nature? Because if the earth lived from the inner voice, if the creator of the earth lived from the inner voice, nothing would have happened. It would have said, I need nothing, I want nothing, I've got everything. It would have just been silent. And the earth and the planets and the universe would never have been. And so there is a want. There is a choose. There is a desire. There is a need to. There is a should and there is a got to out there even in the universe. And so we're going to be friends with both voices. And when we're friends with both voices, we can understand where people are at and we can coach them without losing our own footing. When we see someone drowning, we don't jump in and save them. We send them a life buoy. Just finishing up, we evolve into incompetence. So as you grow to the top of a consciousness cone, don't hold on to it too tight. Don't hold on to this beautiful place, this inner voice you find. Because what will happen, it gives birth to a new level of thinking, a new level of opportunity, a new level of possibility. And in that new level of possibility, you are a babe again. But now, at least from the 30 days, you know how to go from babe to champion, babe to champion really quick, like in half an hour, instead of months or years, and therefore diminish the length expectancy of your life. So we're getting to the end, manifestation next couple of days. Ultimately, we're trying to live in the top end of the consciousness cone. We recognize the right of others to live in the bottom of it. That's called mass consciousness. We're able to observe that. We even use it in the manifestation process, but that's not where we call real. Being real is conscious. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Well done for getting this far.